You're listening to the Known Legacy Podcast, brought to you by Known Legacy Ministries. For more information, go to knownlegacy.org. Now here's your hosts, Bill and Travis. Good morning, everybody. Morning, Bill. I got my warm cup of coffee. I got my ice cold water, staying hydrated, trying to stave off any of the uh, illnesses that are out there. I think we're just being biblical whether you either need to be hot or cold. There you go. Lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. Hell, we lost half our audience right there. (laughs) I'm pretty sure we did. That's okay, though. That's all good. Hey, welcome, everyone. Glad that you're here. Uh, If you haven't already, uh, email us at uh, info at knownlegacy.org. I would love to get comments, questions, uh, whatever we can talk about in the podcast. Um, Bill's over there, uh, ready to go. We're going to talk about, like, why in the world do we do this? Yeah, you know. Four seasons. It's always good to reset our North Star and understand why we're doing it. Yeah, we've had a lot of new listeners over the last year. We have. And so, which is grateful. Thank you guys for listening, being a part of it. Thanks for joining us today. And we've had a lot of people who probably don't know where we came from. And so, I'm guessing you probably didn't go back to season one, episode one. I'm kind of hoping you didn't (laughs) at this point (laughs) in our journey. But either way, it's still there if you want to check it out. But there's just a lot of... Like, I mean, why do we do this? Right. And so, you know, I mean, really quick, let, you know, it's funny how this all started, even like the podcast stuff, you know, fast, fast version. Me and you met. We've talked about it before. Decided to do a podcast over a, over a fire pit. You called my bluff. That's I really did. the best way to do it. I is, did. Because we had this great conversation. I was like, hey, we should do a podcast, thinking it's a throwaway line. It ends the conversation. We both feel good about it. You go home. And the next thing you know, a week later, you're like, all right, I got all the equipment. When are we going to start? And when and are we going to do no, this? No, I didn't mean it. Yeah. And so then, and four years later, here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to introduce uh, or welcome Kyle to the uh, microphone. So, uh, Kyle. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing much better. Thank you. So um, rumor has it something exciting is happening for you today. Why don't you share that with the group? I just got the call that my new vehicle has arrived at the dealer that I ordered. That's uh, awesome. Why don't you share with us what vehicle it is? I mean, it's not like it's a Ford Focus or something, right? It's a, uh, it's a Prius. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a 2022 uh, Jeep Wrangler Unlimited Rubicon. Is it four-door, two-door? So I'm thinking what we need to do is take the show on the road and uh, do some (laughs) podcasts from the Jeep on the road. Yes. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? All right. Fantastic. We're going to do that sooner than later. Nice. (laughs) We should be in Congress. We can get stuff done quick. (laughs) Anyways, Kyle is the the guy behind the scenes that's uh, making sure we sound good, make sure we look as good as we possibly can look. (laughs) Sorry. It's not not working out, actually. Only so much we can do with cameras. Only so much. Only so much lipstick you can put on a pig before the camera it just looks adds seven hundred pounds. <laughs> Anyways, so Bill and I we had that conversation and uh, we um, I, and you know one of the things that we talked about is you got to know your audience. Like if you're doing a podcast or, yeah, or you're writing yeah. a book or you're doing anything, you got to know your audience. And so Bill, from the very beginning, you've had a very dialed in, um, clear vision of who you wanted to speak to. Yeah. Tell us the, the origin story of that. Like, why did you end up there? What happened? And, and how did that kind of come about? Well, so I noticed when I was younger, I had bone claws. And when I was coming out, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just liked Wolverine. Wolverine. Wolverine's origin story was, was way cooler. prophecy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mine, I just, yeah, it's a way cooler origin story. But no, uh, the, I, I think the, the thing is, so long story short, you know, I, I have an amazing family, but I grew up kind of in a home defined by alcoholism and abuse. I mean, and, and when I mean that, we just had, we didn't know Jesus. We didn't know Jesus. I have amazing parents, but it, there just came a point, you know, a divorce happened and things like that. But, but there, was a, there was a moment where I, I didn't know who, who I was. 
you know, and then uh, me and my father both came to know Jesus on the same day. Wow. And so, yeah, it was awesome. Like, he came home like, you got to know this. Like, you got to. And so he shared this truth with me. Before that, um, I was raised kind of believing that Jesus was on the cross. He was really, really mad at me. And there wasn't much that I could do about it. Right. And so when I understood grace and love and mercy and my father led me to Jesus, um, we started a new a new journey. But we kind of started it together. So we both kind of didn't know where we were, who we were as children of God. So this How how old were you at this time? How old was he? I was 13. He was... Probably in his late forties. Wow! And so, so I mean, he came to know the Lord way, way later in his life. But he showed me redemption a lot earlier. But right after that, I actually fell into a struggle with alcohol and pornography. Gotcha. And so, I mean, it was just available. I mean, you know, it was late nights, early mornings. You know, I was on my own, and I was struggling with like depression. My parents had, you know, kind of they they had gotten divorced, and so I just didn't know how to handle all that. Right. And I don't, I don't put blame on them. It was just. There it was, and you're 13, you're 14, and so by the time I was 14, I was having a beer every day or having a, having a couple that beers. That is and, crazy. And so, and it wasn't like I didn't just like one day wake up and it's like, oh, that felt really good. And when you're when you're 13, 14, one beer puts you down. Right. You know, you're just boom, you're done. And so I just would. That was my journey for a long time. And so essentially, um, but but in that, I was trying to find identity and self worth. And then it wasn't for a few years that I really understood more of that. But even at that point, it wasn't like things were all sunshine and roses. I really did understand who I was as a child of God. I had some other godly men step in my life and share that as well. Well, and I think, and you know, not to uh, no, just gloss over that, because I think that's an important thing to understand is I, I think sometimes the church has a bad habit, and really good communicators have a bad habit of kind of putting the bow on the end. Like we feel, fall into the trap of the 30 minute sitcom. Yeah. Where everything is resolved at the last minute, right? Yeah, and yeah, everything's yeah. really rosy. And we can do that in the church. And I think what you talk about often is, hey, this journey of following Jesus does not mean things are rosy. It does not mean that, yeah. you know, comfort becomes the, it is a tough, tough journey. And, yeah, yeah. you know, things go haywire and mistakes happen and, and fallouts occur. And so it's an ongoing journey, an ongoing battle. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and so so then when I met my wife or my to-be wife, um, you know, our, our journeys were, were kind of similar. I mean, her, her father had walked out of her life early in life, and so that creates its own its own issues. And so we just kind of said we want to do something different with our legacies. We really, you know, uh, consistently were reading the scriptures. And I was going to school for, for ministry at this point. I wanted mm. to be, a pa- you know, a youth pastor. and But I had kept reading the story of Abraham, and I was like, man, God— did something really cool because he was willing. And so we didn't say it at the time. We didn't set this stake in the ground. We just like, we just didn't want to see our kids go through some of the stuff. You want to be a cycle breaker. Yeah. And so, and so, 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 so when I see this, I, we basically were saying we wanted to be the Abrahams in our family to do something different. Oh, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. We, did, we didn't say it like that, but we just were like, we need to do something different. And right. so as we journeyed through it, we would have these conversations with people and we're like, well, how'd you guys move forward? And we're like, I don't know. I just listened to them. You know, kind of thing. That's kind right. of what it felt like. Right. And so as we kept seeing that we were seeking godly wisdom from other people and their examples, we were going, okay, this is, others need this too. So that kind of began to build the burden of us to go, do we start Known Legacy? And really what Known Legacy, its main target guys is just disenchanted men in the church. Like guys who are like, I've been in this for 15 years. And I don't even know if I really trust Jesus. Have I ever actually thought about, man, do I really believe this is true? Or, or did I start? Because here's the journey. I see a lot of guys that do this. And this is a very generic, broad brush. We get guys who go in because they're, they're, you know, they're married, they have a baby, and the wife's like, we want, I want to go back to church. Right. I want to go back to church. My kids want to get some, some good grounding. And then they go in and they're like, great, whatever. I honestly, just being very raw, 
I still want to be able to sleep with my wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I don't want to argue with her. I want to have a peaceful thing. You know, so we, so we go back. But the husband just tucks it in. And for five years, he's in there just kind of, you know, generally doing his thing and playing the game. And you're, you're watching kids and you're going to ball games and you're just running, running, running. And church is just part of what you do. And then about five years in, someone's like, hey, you've been here for five years. Why don't you start leading some stuff? Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess I'm a leader now. But all the time they're right. struggling with who they are and is this God real? And then 10 years in, they're there. And it's like, it's too difficult to find a new friend group. So I'm just going to stay. Right. You know, but then they're bold enough to go, man, kids are getting older and finances aren't as tight. And you've, you know, you kind of like, you get to stop and think and you kind of, the dust starts to settle. And you're like, do I really believe this? And then that battle. And I'm, again, I'm very general, but, you know, uh, but 15 years in, these guys are having a midlife crisis. And they're like, mm. is, does any of this matter? And they get divorced or they, 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 they buy a new Jeep. No, I'm just kidding. No, they, 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 you know, <laughs> they buy like, a brand new Jeep. It whatever it takes. No, no. <laughs> they buy like the quintessential, you know, Lamborghini and get divorced and date someone 10 years younger than them. And it's like, what happened? You're like, it didn't just happen overnight. It was a journey of guys never really seeing the value of what they can bring to the kingdom because it's never been an adventure. And so we've never compared them to go, man, God's word is true. And so in the midst of this, what are you going to do with this God's word is true thing? Because what does it say about you? What does it say about God? And, and the more times that I've seen guys who struggle with sin and, and whether it's pornography or, or some kind of chemical addiction or too much golf or knowing every stat in, a, in, in like a, you know, from football players under the sun, which is nothing wrong with that, but it's their identity. Right. And they're like, but this God thing is boring. Right. And so... That's the desire is for guys to see the bigger adventure. John 10, 10, that, that, that Christ came to give us life and give it abundantly. And helping these guys see it from the moment that they first have a child, that there's something big in this. Right. And that everything you do impacts everyone after you. Right. And, and going back to the story of Abraham and kind of the, 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 uh, how that launched you guys into this conversation, you think about it. Abraham, I mean, so much of our identity in our 20s is particularly defined by two things. One, building our careers, mm. and two, building our families. Yeah, right? yeah. And Abraham had, had journeyed through that. And so yeah. you can see where if, you're, if your career is not the church, yeah. right, if you're not becoming a pastor or a youth pastor or musician or whatever, um, and your career is something else, you, you, it's natural to kind of put some of that faith stuff on the back burner because you're investing so much time and energy into yeah. those other two things. But as those other two things become solidified right your family becomes stable you're whatever that may mean you 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 know you got a few kids you're doing the um you know little league baseball and the soccer and everything else and your career is becoming a little bit more stable the, the lack of adventure starts to set in because yeah. those two things yeah. are huge adventures yeah and i think you're right guys just become um apathetic yeah, yeah. and their lives become like and they know Another five hours on, in Netflix isn't going to give me anything, but I don't know what else to do. I Correct. don't know where else to go. Correct. I don't know what else. And so that's where I think Abraham is such a beautiful story because God comes to him after those things are kind of established and goes, yeah. I have an adventure for you that you, you can't even imagine. Look at the stars in the sky. That's going to be your descendants, like even more so than this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And God calls him out of that stuff into this amazing adventure. And I think that's been your heart from the very beginning. Four seasons in. That is your heart. That mm. that guys, there is an adventure to this following Jesus that many of us are not even scratching the surface on. Yeah, right? yeah. And I think I think another part of it, even as you're talking about it, is our our wives and our kids are part of the adventure. And hear me when I say this: they're not the adventure, right? And so so the problem is some some guys will mm. fight to get this mm. wife, to get this woman, and then they get her under the house, and it's like now I'm bored. And they start wandering eyes again because they got what they wanted. And it's more do it's man, we get to, inv 
invite them into the journey with us and say, what, what makes you come alive? What makes me come alive? And even the kids, like there's so many, there's so many guys that I've talked to who, who their wounds are lived out in their kids. Like I'm going to let my, I don't, I don't want my kids to have the same, the same, you know, uh, uh, you know regrets that I have. So I'm going to make them an amazing ball player, an amazing basketball player, or I'm going to push them to be an amazing math leader, whatever it is. And, and they, they, they take their wounds and they cast it on their child, therefore wounding them. Right. When they're, when, when it's, it's helping their children come alive to what God's called them to, instead of going, you're going to no by, by God, you're not going to have the same wounding I did. And all the while we're beating them to death with this wounding that we have. And creating a whole new set of woundings that just yeah. perpetuating the exact same problem. Exactly. And so, and so it's going, guys, what makes us come alive? But then I kept going back to that even in my life, in my journey. I know there were moments that it wasn't about God, it was about me. Even right. in my, because even as a pastor, you get this identity of like, oh, people are asking me questions. <laughs> people are wanting me to pray with them. People are, and so then like you just get this big old head and you realize, and some people say, well, that's really spiritual. Like, no, that's false identity. Like I, I am, yeah, I'm a shepherd of this, but I am not the shepherd. I am not the Jesus. I'm not the neck to the head of the church. You know what I'm saying? Like I am another member who, le- who right. so I'm saying like it's pulling out of those identities and going, what has God called you to do? And, and again, even now, like how many pastors, you look up the statistics, even now pastors have walked away from the ministry. I think like they said like 2000 every month walk away from the ministry. Which is crazy. And so you're like, because, because maybe we've not put the, the basis that, that it's not, it's not what you do. It's who you are. And, and for me, it was those three filters that we keep talking about is God's word true. And I was going, man, I really didn't know if it was because I would open up a devotional and I would find myself going, okay, I'm going to read my utmost for his highest. And I'm like, great. Okay. Well, after six weeks, I'm like, well, that didn't work. Right. And I was expecting some magical formula, like, boom, all of a sudden, doo doo doo, you are officially super Christian. Well, and I think it's because we fall into the trap thinking that the adventure is, is gaining more knowledge. Mm-hmm. And it's not gaining more knowledge, it's actually living that stuff out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So tell me, um, not to cut you off, but tell yeah. me about. Um, so a guy listens to the podcast for, um, you know, let's say they're really dedicated and they go back all four seasons and they listen to everything we've done. What do you hope that's different in them after they've listened to this for a while? I would hope that they would be holding on to the truth to go, I really believe this is true. To really almost, I'll be honest with you, to unplug from the matrix. Mm. That they would see their value in what they can bring to the world is totally cast on God. That it is literally God saying, I've given you this word, not so that you just study it and then go and say, hey, I need to study this with you and and you go share. So, yeah, you dig in the word, but also to go, God, what am I called to become because I know this stuff? And so that they would begin to seek out the the dream, the God-given dream that God gave them. Like, you are made for more. And so here is this word that says, I'm I'm, I'm created to do great things in your name, that, that this dream that I have is not just for me, but for everyone who comes after me so that the world may know right. that there is this God who sits in heaven and it's not about me. And so whether that's a financial thing, like, oh my gosh, oh, you're now a multimillionaire. Well, I just trusted God with this and boom, he did this. Or, hey, um, and it doesn't have to be fame and glory, but it's just, I'm doing what God called me to so that my neighbor goes, hey, why are you so excited about life? Right. Why are you so alive to what God's, to this thing? And you're like, well, it's God. And you, they can't argue with your testimony. Like, as much as they want to argue with it, when, when you stand there and you say, Jesus changed my life, and they're like, no, nah, it's got to be something. I was like, no, there isn't. Like, the reason why me and my wife laugh together is because of Jesus. Mm. And it's not some formulated, you know, thing that like, okay, well, we're going to do this, and then we'll be able to say that one day. It's like, no, either this is all true or it's all garbage. 
And those very, because I am not that smart, so the very simple thing of either this is all true or I'm done. And I really think that's where Jesus wants us is either I'm all in or I'm done. That's, again, hot and cold. Right. It's either, just be cold. Don't be this lukewarm because I don't need you mudding up the, the works in the world for someone to go, if that's what a Christian's like, I don't want if that if, if what I see from you is someone who's bored and has to get up on Sunday morning, and I don't have to do that. And so I, he wants us to come alive. So we'd see men coming alive in, this, in droves to go, I need to journey with my friend and go, what are you doing to come alive? Like, like we are. Like it's been four years. We are different people. That's, I hope. I would hope that we are this, on the same journey with these guys, not because we have all this wisdom, but because, man, we see that we're made for more and we're doing something about it. Right. And I see that in all of our lives. We're all attempting great things. And that's what I think I would want to see guys do after four years. And I think attempting great things, to unpack that a little bit, is not to gain fame for ourselves or mm-hmm. to gain uh, you know, fortune for our families. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's really to sit down and say, what am I doing for others? Yeah, and for us, yeah. not me, but us as a family. And that shift is a huge shift that only happens, I think, at the throne of Christ. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I know that you and me, um, because we've done this for so long, we are more in love with our wives now than we were four years ago. I would agree. We pursue their hearts differently. We also... We serve our, them different. Yes. And like, like, that's the thing that I was... I was I did an inventory the other day because it's the new year, and so it's always a good time to kind of sit down and do an inventory. And what yeah. I realized was... Um, my wife was doing the, the lion's share of everything at the house, right? And mm-hmm. I, I took a lot of pride in, like, I'm doing things outside the house, and I'm doing things for God, you know? Yeah. So she'd come home from teaching all day. She leaves the house at 7 a.m. She gets home at 5 a.m. or 5 p.m. Then she's got to grade a bunch of papers, and <sighs> she was doing all the laundry, and she was doing all the dishes and everything else. And, and finally, it was about a year, year and a half ago that our conversations were stirring me in such a way. I was like going, mm. I've got to offload that. You know, I work at the house. Yeah. I got to offload some of that. So now I'm doing laundry throughout the week. So yeah. when Friday hits, she doesn't have 17 loads of laundry she's got to plow through. And her weekend sucks because it's just like one more thing. Yeah, It's actually yeah. done. And Friday nights become a joy for us because we look and we're like, we have nothing to do. Yeah. We can, we can yeah. go out. We can stay in. It, there's nothing yeah, that's – There's no, there's no bell or gong that's just drumbeat behind the scenes yeah. for her. So it's actually allowed her more life yep. and more joy – because she doesn't have that drudgery of things like that. You no, know? and I'm in the same boat. I feel like the same thing for me. That's where, you know, four years later, I would want, I'd pray that our guys would have other guys that they're having these conversations with to go, man, I got to speak life to my kids. What does that look like? Well, it's different for you than it is for me. And, but engaging their hearts. And I see that like that is the abundant life. It's, it, you're right. It's not money. It's, it, it, it's, it's when your kids walk in the door. You're loved. It's the letter. I'm not trying to pull it out. It's the letter that you got from your daughter this Dude, week, Kyle. Yeah. That wrecked me. It I, did. It wrecked me, too. <laughs> it made me cry, man. It is. And so, I mean, and, and, you know, guys, I know we're kind of, we're, we're, we're hinting this up, but Kyle got an awesome letter from his daughter that basically said, you're her hero. Mm-hmm. That's what we'd want after four Did years. You ever know That's what you want from a girl in college. Hero. Yeah. Yeah. Was it ever <laughs> cold there in my I'm sorry. I'm not going to sing any more Bette Midler. Thanks. Well, I might, but uh, anyways. Yeah. Uh, but I, but <laughs> <laughs> that's our laugh track. Can you do that again? That no, was don't. Awesome. God, it sounds like a seal. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> anyways, so so I so that's what we would want from this. So if you guys, if you're just listening, if you've listened to a couple of these, our goal is that you would come alive to the abundant life that God has for you in the midst of this. That this would just be you sitting around the campfire with a couple of dudes is kind of the equivalent of what we're doing today. Right. It's not that you would take notes and pen and paper it's that you would take this from 
from your car to your workplace or from your car to your house or while you're mowing the yard or working on something in the house that you walk back in and you just look at your wife and go, I have not told you in forever, but man, I'm so in love with you. Or, or look at your kids and see the value or say, man, the, the choices that we make, you know, I was talking about, you know, the time is short. And so the choices we make that one day we're going to stand in front of God for everything that we do. And it's not to just browbeat or put fear in, but to go, am I investing in wisely with the time that I have to engage the world and not just hide in my closet and say, I'm not good enough. Like, no, God's already cast on you that you have what it takes because of him, not because of you. So it never, it was never about us. You know what I'm saying? It's about what God has in store for us, for him, for his glory. And so that's what I believe we would want after four years. So um, we've had some amazing interviews this season and I've loved all of them. Mm-hmm. I think they've been fantastic. From Danny, the uh, the illusionist, to yeah. um, Brad and what he's doing. Just some of them have been fantastic. But almost every single one of them to a T, as soon as we wrap up, um, and they're like, hey, thanks so much. They they talk about, man, this is so needed. Yeah, yeah. Right? And part of that is no one's doing this. And the reason why is because you're speaking to the heart of guys. That is like yeah. that is like the forbidden forest, right? You, yeah. You, no one talks to the heart of guys because we're not, and that's not how we're normally wired. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So why do you continue to want to talk to the heart of guys? I mean, I know we need to come alive. Yeah. But yeah. but I mean, there's a hundred different things that we could do that would be more successful than a podcast for the heart of men. Well, I think about yeah, exactly, because because this is this is a battlefield. I mean, we could talk sports, we could talk NASCAR, we could talk about any political things, and we could blow up. But but we're yeah. just talking about like no, 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 guys, you got to follow Jesus, and it makes everything different. Well, I think because it is literally the greatest attack on the world, because the enemy goes, man, there's this God the Father, I'm going to destroy that, and he he tries to wound the word Father, so that when we try to go to God, because he sees the potential, mm. he sees the potential of a dad, and when I mean that. There's something about, and I was just talking to, to, to some ladies this week. I said, there's something about um, mom. Like when, you know, you guys know the proverbial uh, Super Bowl MVP winner. And the first thing they do, other than saying, I'm going to go to Disney World, is, hi, mom. So there's something in the heart of people that says mom's going to be there for the most part. And most times, mom is there. Correct. And right. so, but there is something in in the lack of a dad being there that is such a wound in our society. Again, we're going to have a guy in a couple weeks, Jim Liskey is going to be talking. He did prison ministry, and he said in 2006, I believe, 70% of people in prison came from, came from single parent and dominantly lack of father homes. Yes. And so you're going, there's something in the correlation. So the reason why I don't think we blow up to the, to the Joe Rogan size is because this is a hard subject and people don't want to address the issue. And the enemy is fully against the fact that if a dad understood his value as a child of God, it could change the world. Right. And that's why I believe we keep doing it because it matters that we keep ringing this bell that like dads are made to come alive because they're, you know, statistic after, and we've talked about these statistics, but the, the impact of a dad's voice in the life of their children changes everything because there's like this mom's going to be there for the most part. Right. Um, but man, could you imagine if there's a house that mom and dad are both for me, whether they're, whether they're divorced or whether they are together, but for a mom and a dad to be for me, it changes the world. And so for those dads to step up and go, no, I'm going to stop believing the lies. I'm going to say, God, you 
you're either all true or all not. I'm either not going to do this or I'm going to be all in. If I'm all in, what does it say about you? Heal the wounding in me, and Father, help me to, to heal those who come after me. Right, and I think it's not just proclaiming it. It's also starting to live it out. So I'm going to go yeah, back to yeah. my illustration with the laundry at our house. Mm. So this is confession time with Travis. That's so it. I was horrible with it, right? And my wife... Like, my kids knew it was important from my wife yeah. that they help with laundry, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it became, like, this nagging situation where every time there was laundry, she'd dump it out on the couch. No one would do anything with it. Then she'd finally come and fold it. She'd yell at all of us. We'd feel horrible about it. And then there would be this tension in the family. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just my family. Maybe that's yours. I don't know. No. But what happened is a few a few years ago, I would actually get up off the couch. I mean, it was so insane. Like, me and the three two boys were sitting there watching TV, and she was standing there folding laundry. And we would be fine with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and she would she would get huffy. She would non-verbally tell that she was upset with this. But we wouldn't do anything about it. Well, finally, I'm like, I'm just going to get up and start folding laundry, right? Now, her message never changed. Hey, you guys need to fold your own laundry. But because I was able and willing, finally, to get out of my selfishness and help fold laundry, guess what my boys do now every time without even saying a word? Yeah. I get up to fold laundry. Those two boys jump up and they start folding laundry. Yeah. And it changes the tenor and it changes the entire yeah. atmosphere because I'm willing to lead yeah. in serving my wife, not just saying, hey, sweetheart, I love you. Yeah. Great job today. Man, you do an amazing job with the laundry. That doesn't cut it. Correct. Get in the trenches. Yep. Start serving her to free her up. And it, the impact it makes to the kids is exponential. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, you know, it's funny. The laundry is our thing, too. And I actually have a, uh, a way that I do it where when I fold, I either put on like 300 or Braveheart so I can kind of counteract the laundry <laughs> with like a manly movie. But I really do because I'm like, it's just like, but I do feel it. Like, it sounds funny. But even in that. When we fold laundry, we don't see the picture that we are fighting for the heart of our queen. Right. And so, so or, or, or we're showing our kids a greater example of who they are to serve their future spouse. Right. And so there's just something really cool about that, that you're like, you get to fight for this and you get to show your kids honor. And, and they're like, well, it's just laundry. It's like, no, it's not. It's responsibility. It's, right. It's, right. It, 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 it's, it's serving. It's responsibility. Yeah. It's doing something that you don't want to do. It's doing something that needs to get done. And it's modeling for your kids. That's what a lot of life is. Yeah. You don't want to do a lot of things. This whole live your dream. Great. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But the reality is most of our life is engaging in things we don't want to do that yes. we're not naturally talented at that don't bring us any joy. But because of responsibility, we do it. And yeah. the attitude yeah. we bring to that can impact the people around us in amazing ways. Absolutely. And it's, it is the one out things. And so then it's like in the midst of that, you pursue the dream. You see what God's called you, but you're also refining what he's called you to and you see the bigger picture and so so that's that's why i believe no, this is this is important that's why we've, we've put on these guys and that's why the guys who have come on from chad from unspoken to matt hammett to to brad fogarty to to you know all these guys to, to danny all these people who are like oh no this is important right and so these guys all have a platform that's that's bigger than ours but they're willing to stop and go no this is important and we need to talk about this because this is what life change is all about and so that's where I believe it's that's why it's valuable because people see it. And so so guys, that's why we that's why we do this. That's that's the why in what we do. You right. Know? So and we understand that it's not going to be a mountaintop one time change. Right. Yeah, yeah. It often is these little steps along the way. It's a little correction that happens from week to week, day to day, hour yeah. to hour that will make a huge impact over the long haul. And I think, yeah. you know, to, to even go harder, gentlemen, it is time that we stop watching so much TV and engage in 
engaging our families more and more. Yeah. Um, sports are fun, but man, it's time to, to know our kids and their dreams and what they're excited about um, as much as whatever the stats are for yeah. Aaron Rodgers from the game that he lost this past weekend, which I'm, I'm over. I'm over. I'm over. I'm over. I, don't I stopped watching he's... when Dallas lost. I really oh. couldn't care anymore. But 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 what so what are you guys talking about? <laughs> from the biggest Dallas fan totally in the entire room right now. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I just but shook wh- in my corner. One of the tools that that you put out um, at the beginning of uh, the year yeah. um, was this uh, setting goals for the year. For yeah. Yeah. Our yeah. Kids. Right. And uh, our family's done it three years in a row now, and it's been mm. a huge thing. And what I've realized is. Um, I'm, I'm discovering as I sit down with my kids. So we all do it. And then I yeah. try to take my kids out for coffee or out for something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To actually just talk to them about what's going on and where they're at. And what are they thinking and why are yeah. they thinking this kind of stuff. And it is amazing when you actually invest that little bit of time. First off, they think they hung the moon because they get to go get coffee. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Because they exactly. feel like they're so old. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm an adult now, you know. And then to have these conversations, it is just fascinating. Yeah. And I guess the challenge is, guys, do you know... Do you know your kids' stats like you know your baseball team stats mm. or like you know your football ki- football stats? I mean, do you know your kids' stats? And I'm not talking about grades and GPA. That stuff's yeah, easy. I'm talking yeah. about like where are their dreams, where are their yeah, hearts, what are they investing yeah. in? Are they investing in what they? it's going to get them where they want to go? That's are good. they pursuing something creative? Like my 13-year-old discovered, um, because we finally listened to him, he loves to cook. So the That's dude cooks so cool. us food all the time now. You know it's how amazing. nice it is to come home and my 13-year-old's cooking us dinner? Yeah. That's amazing, right? Yeah, and come knowing alive. those stats yeah. on the kids is essential. And I don't think we know that enough. I don't think we no, invest that's that a enough good because point. we're too busy. That's a good point is taking that time. And I think that is, and that's it. Like Jesus is in the rescuing business. No one else is. And the minute we come to know Christ, we're in the rescuing business. Yeah. Like that, that's what it is. Because no one else can redeem. No one else can rescue other than Jesus. So let me ask you this question. Yeah. Um, who, is, who is a dad that you look at that cannot be in this room? And uh, is doing it well. A uh, guy that you're like, man, he's locked and loaded on his wife, and he's locked and loaded on his kids. Yeah. And that's what I want. Yeah, there is there is a guy, and his name is Joe Russo. We'll have him back on the podcast again. Yes, Joe. Joe is one of my heroes. And uh, and honestly, with him, he is, gosh, I mean, from from the, the rubble that his life was in the beginning to where it is now is incredible. In love with his wife, loves his kids. Uh, he's got four amazing kids and like eight grandkids or something right. crazy like that. And so, but I'm saying like he came from a single parent home and man has has redeemed all of that and shared that with me and that is part of why I am who I am. And so he is one of my examples. And so it doesn't take much, but I know he also has impacted so many guys. Right. So you're like, there's part of me. It's like God, I want to have that impact in lives. And where it's like I'm not sitting there giving glory to Joe. He would flat out say, like, if I was like, Joe, you did. He's like, no, he's like, this is Jesus. Right. And those are the kind of guys that I want to look up to. You know what I'm right. saying? And yeah. that's the guy. Anybody for you? Yeah. So um, I was just thinking about that's why I asked. I was hoping you'd ask me back. So thank you very much. Um, this guy, Andy Brill. Okay. Who, um, if you're listening, Andy, I'm, I'm giving you a little shout out here. Um, so he has three kids and all of them are extremely uniquely different and um, they're just getting into junior high high school age mm. right and it has been fascinating so his son is is brilliant right mm. but he's mechanically brilliant and so every time I go over there he has tracks just torn apart pull, pull back together parts from this and that and and I'm like Andy how do you do this he goes it's just a little bit of investment. I don't put money towards sports because he's not a sports kid. I just put it towards tools. So the last time I, we were talking, and all of a sudden he's sharing about um, his son welded a go-kart. He's 14 years old, and That's he's awesome. welded a go-kart. 
right? That's amazing. I was like, how do you get to the welder? He goes, well, I, I said I'd pay for half. And so he took some of his Traxxas. He rebuilt them. He put them online. And so this kid is and, – and I'm just watching Andy, who's – his son is different from him, but just live out his dreams. And I've That's seen cool. Andy step into a role in our church as a worship leader, come alive because he's been challenged. He's had to figure some stuff out. And he, he has grown exponentially because he's been put into this space where he's like, this isn't my strongest place, but I'm going to step out into this because I feel God's called me to it. Mm. I'm going to do something. And and I just love watching him and how he loves his wife and, and just all of it has That's been so, so cool. encouraging to me oh. and reminding me that I still have so much to grow in. No, I, I, see, that's awesome. I feel like that's exactly the, you know, the point is like that guys would inspire guys. And that's where eventually like even even this ministry would fade, but then a bunch of guys would be changed and you're like, cool, that's worth it. Right. You know, this fades. It's not like, oh, known legacy change. Like, no, it's like, I don't know why I'm. But I'm more in love with Jesus now, and I want to dream, and I want to pursue things. And my grandkids have a yeah. dis- different perspective on life and success and well, faith yeah. and Jesus than they would have otherwise. You know, when I was first starting this and really struggling in my faith, there was um, there was a, a, a friend of mine whose son tried to take his life. Mm. And, um, man, I remember going up to the hospital to pray with him and and i was really like i i didn't know it was going to start this ministry but i i clearly remember that as i was putting my hand on his chest to pray with him that god just poured over me this idea that like man he forgot because we all forget we all lose focus he forgot that one day he was going to be a grandfather Mm -hmm. and that everything he does impacts everything after him and eventually he passed away and it was he was an awesome kid he really was and uh, and but it, it, that's where kind of a stake was put in my ground to go. I want people to understand that everything they do from the time that they're born impacts their grandchildren. Right. But we don't look at it that way. But imagine if we did. Imagine if we saw that when we backed out of a parking spot, the way that I react to someone could impact the rest of their life. You know, right. the way that I say hello to someone in the store. Uh, could literally stop them from wanting to kill themselves. And we're like, well, that's so dramatic. I'm like, no, but that's real life. Right. Those situations have happened. And we're like, well, if I had only known. And you're like, I could do that every day. It's somebody. Right. I do not believe. We always engage eternal beings. Everybody is eternal. We are eternally going to go to heaven or we're eternally going to go to hell. And everything that we do impacts everything that they become. But here's the thing. The the scripture talks about, you know, uh, basically all the death that will die. The, you know that like that death dies and fades away but the life that we speak into somebody will last forever so the 10,000 years from now the life that you two have spoken to me we'll be able to look at each other and be like remember that time that you said that I'm different because of that right for not just now but for eternity and so if, if we believe that our that our words and our actions had gravity like that we would want to change the world but I think most guys don't and so that's why these conversations help me. And I hope that for the OG guys listening that, that, that this would help you to say, wow, even the thing I do right now is going to have an eternal impact on somebody. But most of us don't believe that. Right. And so that's why we, we continue to do what we do here. Anyways, so um, the journey continues. Thank you guys for checking us out at uh, knownlegacy.org and uh, for following us on Facebook and for uh, checking out the podcast wherever you listen yeah, to them, yeah. Spotify, from Apple Tunes and everything else. Yeah. Um, it is, it's our heart. Um, and if you have a chance, if you have a second, send us something um, on info at knownlegacy.org and uh, let us know um, if it's been an impact to you, yeah, what you want us to, to talk about, you. who you'd want us to interview, yeah. um, that kind of stuff, and we'll pursue it because uh, we're all in. 
Um, we're not going anywhere yeah, as long yeah. as God gives us breath and uh, keeps the uh, internet up. Well, I'll tell you, so we have also made a little change this week, and we're starting a new Fast Five. Oh. I love that intro. That's so cool. Well done, sir. Well done. And um, Am I on the hot seat today? You're on the hot seat, right. Travis. You're on Woo-hoo. the hot seat. So we're going to do this Fast Five. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I don't know why we call it Fast Five, because there's always six questions. But anyways. But we're good. So, okay. So if you had one last meal to have, what would you eat? Oh, man. If I had one last meal, it would definitely be brisket. And bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers. Oh, That's wow. I've absolutely all in. Brisket and bacon. Mm, Just meat. Am- I'm getting hungry now. Yeah. Okay. So kind of on that same theme, but if you were on a stranded island and you had one album or musician oh. to listen to forever, who would you listen to? Who would I listen to? Um, golly. I, okay. So this I'm going to throw myself under the bus here. I would probably listen to the Smiths. The Smiths. The Smiths. Okay. I know it's it's not trendy. It's not, but I just I still listen to their albums and I listen to all their entire catalog on a regular basis. Nice. So uh, nice, yeah, nice, nice. Be the Smiths. I'd okay. feel like really melancholy the whole time I was there by myself. That's awesome. So melancholy and yeah, yeah. eating brisket, hopefully. <laughs> so <laughs> listening to the album "Meat Is Murder." Yeah. <laughs> Meat is I am a complicated, complicated individual. Yeah, you are. Gosh. You can have a little existential problem with that. So, hey, so okay, uh, what's your guilty pleasure? Uh, smoking cigars. Okay, hands down. I know people hate it. I'm sorry, but it is what it is. You're a cigar smoker. I'm a cigar smoker. Awesome. What is one word your wife would describe you with mm. or as? <laughs> it's hyphenated. Drop dead sexy. No, I'm just gonna. She would not say that at all. She would just say uh. drop dash dead. <laughs> 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 Drop dead. Um, <laughs> I love that laugh track. Say, uh, man, one word. Um, hopefully, uh, oh, I'll say a phrase. Ho- hopefully, she would say a great father. Awesome. That I would, would say that, that would be good. I, I would say that. that. How do you want to be remembered when you die? Um, I brought joy. Okay. I was someone who brought joy. <clears throat> nice. I like it. So. I like it. You do. You bring I hope, joy. I hope so. So I'm the clown. You are um, the clown. I was at a conference this past week because this is Fast Five, so I'm going to tell the story. And uh, I realized, like, <laughs> um, I, I I am a safe <laughs> I am a safe person to rib and throw uh, humor towards because I just roll with it and, yeah, and I lean into it. And so um, I, I become either the one who breaks tension or the one who is focused on as tension is being broken. Does that nice. make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. And it's all good. That's awesome. Correct me if I'm wrong, it's like boys. the Barnabas. It's like the Barnabas. Maybe, but he seems to be like a little bit holier than me. I'm a little bit more, you know. Anyways. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, what biblical character would you want to have lunch with? Not Jesus. Paul. Paul? Okay, Paul. why? Why? Yes, sir. Because, um, man, it's, it's just... Uh, because the whole thing that I'm doing, this apostolic church planning thing, yeah. and that's what he did, and he just went around to places and started communities and focused people on Jesus and told them deep truths about oh, Jesus, awesome. and I would just love to sit down and, and hear his story. That is awesome, dude. Well, that's it, man. That's that's uh, that's our Fast Five plus one, and we love it. But, guys, thanks for listening today. Thanks for letting us share our heart, and I hope this was beneficial to you guys. If questions, comments, concerns, we'd love to hear from you. Info at knownlegacy dot org uh, check us out we have a date night coming up yep in uh, on february 26th uh, east texas east so if texas. you live out in east texas uh, check inf- it out yeah info on that just send us the info at, at, at known legacy we'll get the date night page up soon to check that out but guys thanks for listening today you guys have an awesome week 
God bless you all. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to the Known Legacy Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So email us your questions or comments to info at knownlegacy.org.